Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. I am extremely excited to be introducing this week's very special guest, Miss Jenna Sophia. So Jenna is a world-renowned subconscious specialist and healer who's helped thousands of people, including celebrities, CEOs, creatives, and billionaires, transform their emotional stress and heal themselves from physical pain in record time. She's been working with the subconscious in various healing modalities since the age of 12. At that time, she was experiencing a lot of trauma, depression, and chronic illness, which led her to taking a lot of medications. And honestly, on that journey, she was forced to look at the path of self-healing. And she decided to take her healing journey into her own hands which then actually led her to heal from all of the conditions she was taking medications for and off of medications altogether. I I love this episode and I love this idea because I meet a lot of people on their healing journeys, you know, begin with physical pain. A lot of people either have back pain or chronic illness or cancer or individuals that, you know, are just suffering from some type of uh, depression or marital issues. I mean, like at the end of the day, Personal healing begins because of pain. It's because there's something out of dissonance in the body. And this episode, I was just really reminded of the power of a personal healing journey and how we can combine the mind and the body and different tools and different modalities and different structures and concepts and philosophies for healing to accelerate the journey within ourselves. And and I appreciate Jenna because and she's done the work on herself. She, not only is she extremely gifted and practiced in several healing arts and sciences, but she has practiced and tested those theories, concepts, and, and modalities on herself. She's developed a deep understanding of epigenetics and how our emotions, traumas, and ancestral influences affect how the physical body operates today. And she shares that wisdom with her clients, with the people she serves, and with the world. And so I I appreciated this episode. It was extremely refreshing to be around somebody who has done this much personal development work on themselves. And I just, I I think you guys are going to get a world of clarity, insight, and ahas. I mean, I, I walked away with so much wisdom. I mean, just different refreshers on what is the energy body within ourselves. Why do we have to work so hard to heal? What is pain? Exploring the language of the subconscious and how we can actually all learn to have a better relationship with the things that we don't know about ourselves. And how does resonance feel? How does it actually feel to be in that aligned state of flow and so much more? So I have done a lot of work on the subconscious mind. In fact, I think it's one of the richest areas for personal growth. And so I hope this episode inspires you to lean deeper into your own journey into healing the subconscious and accessing wisdom that you weren't able to access on your own. So 
Enjoy this conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Tag Jenna and I on social media. Let us know if this episode resonated or if anything stands out to you. We want to hear from you. I love hearing from you. It makes my day. So uh, please give us that pleasure. And um, yeah, I hope you're having a great start to the year. And if it hasn't been the best start to the year, that's okay too. Sending you all the love and just big old hugs. So anyways, without further ado, here is the amazing Miss Jenna Sophia. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this very special episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing year so far. I'm so grateful to have you here, Jenna. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I I was telling you earlier, but I was totally fanboying on your website before I came in because I, you know, this has been an idea that I've really been kicking around a lot just in my own personal life as well as my family's life and just the idea of physical ailments relieving themselves when you begin to do the emotional work, when you begin to look at the energetic components and and I know your story and your background, so I'd love to maybe start there and, and you know, what do you think is the tie between physical ailments and the energetic components that match them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think something that's really important to recognize is that before we are physical, we are energetic and energy is where we store emotions and feelings and traumas and experiences. And so as we go through life, our energy body, our emotional body, they become flooded with different blockages based on how we are responding to certain situations in life, right? So, you know, if you go through something painful, you can physically feel your body hurting sometimes or aching, right? Maybe you've gone through a breakup and your heart literally feels like it's it's breaking. So these are signs that our emotions are very connected to our physiology and our physical makeup. And so when we understand that the physical is so connected to the emotional, and when we clear those emotional blocks, that's when physical healing can take place in a much quicker way. And I really feel like this is the future of medicine because when people start to recognize that their emotional and energetic components are affecting their physical body, there's so much magic and change that can happen and truly what we see today as miracles. But I see that becoming more of a normal thing as, as time goes on. When you say an energetic body, what are you referring to? Yeah. So essentially like you can see me and I can see you, we are physical in nature, right? This is what our mind is perceiving. But beyond that, on a very atomic level, we are energy. So all of this energy is composing our energetic body. And so this is like the energy that lies just beyond the physical, physical body. And so, you know, when it's like you walk into a room, you can kind of feel if something's off or if it feels good, like people might say, oh, I, that was a good vibe or I didn't like the vibe of that. And so this is like your energy body or your sixth sense kind of picking up on things around you, which is then helping you determine what feels good, what doesn't feel good. But the more sensitive we become and the more aware we are about what is lodged in that part of our system, we're more able to move through blocks, emotional blocks much more easily, emotional stress and physical ailments as well. I think when I'm, and I'd love to hear your take on this because I certainly have my own experiences. It took me a long time to actually even 
one understand it because I, I couldn't feel it. Like, yeah, I guess, why are we so disconnected? And, 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 and if, cause if we were energy first, then a physical second, like it should be intuitive and natural for us to be energy and be in that. But for, if you look at society and the way that we are, like it's very much not the case. Like we almost look at this fundamental aspect of our yes. being as a, as something that isn't, it's like, it's like we have to go through all this work to remember that we are that, right? So why do you think that is? Well, I definitely think that it is a process of remembering or awakening to who we really are. And this is really what this human experience is about. And I think the reason why it's so difficult for us to recognize or understand that we are energy first is because we can only perceive so much. And so we're like, oh, we're not energy because you're physical, I'm physical. But if you look on a quantum level, like nothing is physical, everything is in constant movement and motion. And so it's just our perception that is giving us the understanding that we are physical. But the more layers you remove of those conditioned perceptions of who you are, the more you're able to connect to your true essence and more of the energy and energetics of who you are and understanding how that mechanism can impact the physical reality you're living in. I think for, for, for me, it's almost like a, even the, the desire to understand is a function of the mind and a function of that physical, right? Like, it's like, I need to know what's happening. I need it. But there's, there's almost a, a trusting and an allowing when it comes to the, the other and are there things that you've experienced in your life or things that you've done to cultivate that trust? And how do you, how do you, how do you continue sort of evolving that as you grow? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, from my background, like I've started energy healing work when I was 12 years old. So this has been a path that I've been on for a very long time. And I think because I was introduced to it at such an early age, there wasn't so much dissonance as I got older, like, this isn't true. It's like, I knew this to be true from a very young age and, you know, going down quote unquote spiritual path and understanding different alternative ways of healing really impacted my perception of what I was beyond the physical body. And in terms of how I continue to cultivate that, I, you know, I am involved in a lot of different spiritual practices. And I think that starts to activate more of that remembrance as we spoke about before. And that's really what continues to help me grow and expand that awareness of who I am, because it's a never ending expansion, right? It's like, you can have awareness of it, but then to experience it and feel it is that journey. Can you talk about, you know, cause I know your story, right? Like you, you had a lot of the physical ailments and can you, can you, color and paint the picture of where you were at when you got introduced? Because it sounds like, you know, you, you, you came upon the concept of energy when you were 12 and then you got the physical ailments. So like, can you talk about that journey of like coming back to that and, and what that looked like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, from a very young age, before I was 12, I suffered from really bad anxiety and what I thought at the time was also depression because there was just a lot of that energy in my life. I was, you know, went through a lot of trauma growing up. And so physical ailments started to appear as my emotional imbalances continued to rise. So that was like a connection that was made very early on. And then in terms of being introduced to these different modalities, it was really a journey of trying to discover, okay, how can I manage 
the ailments that I have, the physical ailments with different energetic and alternative therapies. So it was really a journey of like what works, what doesn't, what's supportive until I got to a place in my early 20s where I was very ill on a number of pharmaceutical medications and I just hit my breaking point. And I really like, I just prayed to God to help me find something so that I didn't have to continue to manage what I was going through anymore. And this is when I discovered subconscious work um, and the subconscious mind and understanding epigenetics and how our emotions and past traumas and even ancestral traumas affect the physical body and how it operates today. And so that really gave me that awareness of like, you know, it's so much more beyond just managing. You can really shift who you are and your experience, your reality through the mind. And so that was really my awakening point of it's not just about managing anymore. It's really like we can create the fabric of our reality based on programs or subconscious beliefs that are locked away in that 95% of you know, our mindset. So that was really my, my turning point to healing myself and getting off all my medication and now successfully being able to be healthy and off medication today. So that's lovely. Congratulations yeah. on that Thank journey. You. What was one of the fundamental belief shifts that had to happen in order for your body to begin healing itself? I think that, you know, healing is a journey. It's not like a, a one belief and it's done. Although there are some beliefs that, you know, if people are going through things, there might be core beliefs in your mindset that can shift a lot. Um, so, you know, just basic core beliefs of like, my body is healthy. My body knows how to heal itself. I am free of X, Y, Z, whatever it is that I was experiencing and making sure that my mind and body were on the same page because from my journey, I noticed that I was taking a lot of physical action, right? I was going to doctors, I was taking medication, but there wasn't the mindset to back it up that this was actually helpful for me or that this was going to take me somewhere. And I think, you know, when it comes to healing the body, one of the most fundamental things that we need to do is whatever action we take, if we don't believe that it's going to work, it will not work. Doesn't matter how much action you can take you're going to come up with that resistance because your mind, which is controlling all of your physiology is being like, nope, this doesn't work. This is not what she believes. And so it will actually be detrimental to any physical action you're taking moving forward. You know, and I really appreciate this reminder because I think I've come to believe that, you know, we're broken up into several components, the mind, the body, the spirit, and, and the heart. And those are all aspects of our human experience. And yes. I think for a long period of time, when I first got down the path of personal development and improvement, I was focusing a lot on mindset, mm. right? And I over-focused on the mind and I didn't realize the feeling aspect, the energetic components, like that was very foreign. And then, then I went down the other way of really focusing on the energetics and the healing and doing all that work, but then not really focusing on the mind. And I'm really appreciating this reminder that all the parts of us actually play a role in us healing and actualizing our greatest potential. How do you see the mind playing in conjunction? Can you give more examples, I guess, really? Because I think this is a really important concept for anyone who's on a healing journey to, to embody, because like there's there's different tools that are used for different aspects of the healing journey, but they're all important. Absolutely. And it's, it's remembering that 
there is a specific use for a specific thing at a specific time. Yeah. And not just going all in in one area. And I always say that, you know, the work that I do more specifically is to be in conjunction with whatever you're doing. So as as important as it is to, you know, embody new subconscious beliefs, to work through your ancestral traumas, to work through the emotions, to work through heart energy and heart coherence, it's just as important to be doing things action-wise that will support that. Because really the way that I look at any work that you do, it's like you're filling up the gas tank to a car, but then if you're not taking another action, in another area, it's not going to be able to drive. You're not going to be able to see the results of it. Right. And so I think it's really important to understand that it is a holistic perspective and, and journey. And just to focus in on one thing at one time, that's also up to people's what they choose to do. But what I found to be the most successful is when you are taking action in each area so that you can see this holistic approach and flourish with that support in in other areas. Do you feel like Western medicine has a place alongside holistic alternatives? And and what balance does that play for somebody who might be really facing bigger bigger ailments, maybe like cancer or, or things that are, you know, like how do you see the medical system sort of working together? Because I, I see the potential for the healing modalities and the healing arts to truly make a difference. And I also recognize that we live in a world that's driven by Western society and, 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 you know, pharmaceuticals. And so like, how do you, I guess, see it all playing out together based on your own experience, your own journey and what you've seen in others? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I had a very difficult relationship with the pharmaceutical industry and just being pumped medication without really understanding the underlying root causes, like the emotional root causes, ancestral causes that could be impacting my health today. And I definitely think that there is a place for modern medicine. I think modern medicine is beautiful and there's a time and place for it. I think we are over abusing it. I think there is a lot of money involved. And that's, you know, that greed is driving this industry to kind of implode (laughs) in the wrong way. And I think though that, you know, if energy healers or holistic therapies and those type of people were able to work in tandem with, you know, Western medicine, I think there could be a beautiful process. I think where Western medicine kind of goes the wrong direction is when we continue to just mask people's illnesses, chronic disease, and just saying, you need this pill, you need this pill. But there are so many other ways. And I've seen through my experience of how you can get to the root cause so that you don't have to be on these pills forever, right? I don't believe we are living in a healthcare system. It's a sick care system because it's not trying to get people better, you know, generally speaking. And I think that, you know, when the consciousness of this planet is ready, we will be able to recognize that we don't need to rely on drugs. Like our body can support us to get back into its natural rhythm and balance. And there are so many things that are impacting our health that is beyond diet, right? There's like, there are chemicals, there's programming around what our body can and cannot do. So there are a lot of different things that are making it the way that it is, but I definitely see a future where these two things can come together and really, really make amazing progress for the world and for people who are suffering. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I totally resonate with all of that. And I agree, like it's, you know, we've gotten this culture of really wanting to just fix the symptoms and make things go away quickly. And so even our relationship with pain, right. like I had this realization recently around like, you know, my body is creating pain. And instead mm-hmm. of allowing myself to feel it and to change my relationship with pain, I'm looking for a way to make that go away, whether it's by icing right. it or by by taking a headache medicine. You know, like, it's like right. I'm trying to quiet the intelligence and the wisdom and the only right. communication that my body has with me by because of this belief or this idea or this normal, this normality that I've sort of adopted around things being able to like quick fixes. Right. And so I, I guess when you, when you're working with people or bringing people in, like, how do you sort of shift the mindset for healing and, and, and how do you, I guess, encourage a shift from the symptoms to the root causes when honestly finding the root causes is, is a lot more pain and yes. <laughs> and going into your traumas is really not fun. And absolutely. So like, how do you, I guess, encourage that shift and inspire people to continue going inward when it's seemingly an uphill slope? Absolutely. Well, you know, just on that idea of pain, like I always say pain is pay attention inside now. Mm, so love that. it's getting you to recognize, as you said, you know, your body has this natural intelligence and it's trying to communicate. Right. But we have this conditioned understanding of pain is like, oh, then something's wrong with you. And that means that's bad where we can actually turn it on its head and be like, well, pain is communicating to us what needs to be looked at so that we can become more of who we are. And so those energies can be released and we can become lighter and enjoy our life much more. And so in terms of like the process of getting people to go into that, I think people that come to work with me have a certain understanding of they're done suffering and they would rather go through the depths of their emotions in order to be relieved in the long term. Because if you've ever had a chronic illness, I had a chronic illness for a good decade And it's no joke, right? Because you're really, you're suffering all the time. And so when it comes to to recognizing, well, there's a root to that and that suffering might be even deeper than what I have been experiencing, you know, over the last few years, it's really a choice that you're making, not only with your mind, but your soul of being like, you know what, I have graduated from this experience and I'm ready to level up to where I no longer have this in my reality where this is no longer a part of my identity. And so that's where people really make that shift on their own to say, you know what, I do not want to be victim to this experience anymore. And taking responsibility for the fact that this is part of your creation of your life experience is also, you know, another ego death, so to speak. It's like, I have to recognize it came from me, whether or not I created it. It was triggered in my body through something outside. And this is now my you know, responsibility to transform and transcend it. I love the word ego death because I certainly feel like I've gone through a few of those <laughs> in my years. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest shift for me was realizing, you know, whether I consciously created it or unconsciously created it, I still created it. it yeah. That sucks. That <laughs> sucks to admit. You know, and I, and I think I would I would love to maybe play with that because I know you do a lot of work with the subconscious and, you know, like what is the process of, I guess, learning to befriend the unconscious and, and actually work with the subconscious. So whether it's like in the work you do or shadow work, like I would love maybe just to have you 
describe what that actual process or relationship looks like? Because I think, you know, it's really easy to work with the conscious mind. It's like, I know what I want. I'm going to go get it. But the unconscious mind, you don't really know what you don't know. And right. it's just back there. Like, I mean, I, we all have things that are just out of our purview. So how do we begin to actually work with the subconscious in a way that can elevate the quality of our lives? Absolutely. Well, I think one thing that people can actually start doing now is recognizing the patterns that they find themselves in, either what they're creating in their life and their relationships or the amount of abundance that they're able to create for themselves. And you're able to really then identify, oh, I have a pattern of not feeling like I'm lovable, or I have a pattern of thinking that money is hard for me to come by. And I think when we start to pinpoint or at least say, oh, wow, I have awareness of what's happening here, we can then start to take small steps in combating that limitation with an expansive energy and outlook. And in terms of, you know, the work that I do one-on-one, I use kinesiology to test with the subconscious to see if something is or isn't true. And so I have a list of questions that I am able to help people with and guide them through their own subconscious to say, okay, well, did this start before a certain age? Was this related to this trauma? Um, Is there an emotional block in this area that is causing this experience for this person? And so really being able to create that relationship and that rapport with the subconscious and trusting that those are the answers that are true, whether or not we can understand it, right? Or whether or not it makes sense to us, it's really going into the unconscious parts in those those relationships and those loops that are stuck within ourselves that are giving us a certain experience in life. Because I truly believe that our subconscious is a reflection of what we experience externally. And I've seen that in myself and also thousands of people that I've worked with over the years. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your take on what is the language of the subconscious? Like, yeah, I, I think that it's hard to differentiate because even now we're talking about the unconscious in our conscious minds. Like we're <laughs> using language to describe something that actually represents infinity in some cases, right? The 95%. So like, what is the language of the subconscious and, and how can we know and how can one who's new to this journey sort of navigate a better relationship with it? Anytime we are communicating with the subconscious or understanding how it speaks, it always is in the present moment. So the subconscious doesn't have, you know, understand time like our conscious mind. Like we could say, oh, yesterday we did this and tomorrow I'm doing that. Right. But the subconscious is always experiencing this now moment. So what that means is that let's say you have a traumatic experience from when you were 10 years old. Okay. The subconscious doesn't know that that isn't happening anymore, that that was in the past. So that's why when we're going through life, things become triggering to us because it's triggering something that happened back in the day, or could have been recent, you know, in your life, but it's triggering something that is alive and as if it's happening now. So anytime you're talking to the subconscious, you need to talk in the present moment So if you want to program something into your subconscious, it's not, I will be healthy. It's, I am healthy. You want to make sure that the language is in the present because it's always in this now moment. So anything that you're trying to create for yourself, you always want to say and use language as if it's happening now. I so appreciate the reminder of the timeline. Yeah. My girlfriend has this kind of running joke. It's like, it's never about the dishes. 
Like when we get into a fight, it's yeah. really never about the dishes. Like there's a thing beneath the thing, beneath the thing, beneath the thing totally. that happened way before any of us even met that is getting activated by something in the present moment. And I think that's also one of the most empowering things because it's showing up in the present moment as an opportunity to look at. So let's go through, I guess, like when something shows up, what are the steps that one can take to then begin the journey of unraveling? Yeah, well, I think the first step is recognizing that this is not about what's happening now and recognizing that, okay, something is triggering me in this moment, but there is something that happened in the past that is creating this for myself. And then you can kind of go on the self-discovery process of what is showing up for me? What emotion do I feel abandoned? Do I feel taken advantage of? Do I feel not enough? What is this trigger? What am I feeling in this trigger? And then when you recognize that, it's not necessarily needing to go back and find the first moment of when this abandonment happened or when this, you know, feeling of taken for granted have happened, but recognize that that is something that lives within you and how in your conscious awareness right now and in your power, do you want to shift out of that? What would make you feel a little better from where you are to shift and pivot that emotional range that you're experiencing right now? And that then becomes the choice of you. It's not anyone else's responsibility. So someone may have triggered that in you, but now that I'm recognizing, okay, this is what I'm feeling. It's shitty. I'm not enjoying it. What do I want to feel instead? How can I get myself out of this downward spiral and into the emotional awareness and ease that I wish to experience in this moment? Because emotions are always our, it's always our responsibility to decide, you know, how something makes us feel, right? The external world, it's not good or bad. It just is. It's our internal landscape that is determining how we feel in any given moment. But then the empowerment comes from deciding, okay, this is not so great. How can I make it a little bit better? So I love the, um, and I'm seeing two things happening concurrently right now. One is the awareness that we have a choice to shift our state. So from reactive to responsive, we're not reacting to the outer world. We're responding in a way that we choose. So that's one practice, an active practice. But then there's still that other aspect of actually healing the root cause, right? What does that journey look like? Is it a journey of feeling? Because it, it, it's beautiful. And I, I found this in my own life. Like I've been able to, for me, the biggest medicine has actually been allowing myself to feel what's showing up deeply. Yes. And that seems to untangle almost every problem I have. Is feeling just another way of sort of alchemizing energy? Or, or are there other tools that should be used in those moments to really just truly actually chip away at the root cause instead of just, you know, kind of coming into conscious agency and choosing better? Absolutely. And I think, you know, feeling is definitely a huge part of healing, right? Because when you're recognizing I'm feeling a certain way, I want to experience something different. You have to feel something to connect to that. And I think, you know, it takes a certain level of consciousness to be able to just feel things and then move past them yeah. because our subconscious is, you know, a million times more powerful than our conscious mind, you know, so it does, it is a practice, you know, and, you know, there are ways to speed it up. You know, you can work with people who are experts in the subconscious field and help you get through your blocks a little bit more easier. But in terms of like what you can do in your present moment is recognizing and having that awareness of what you're experiencing, what you'd like to feel instead, 
and allowing yourself to process in whatever way that may be. It may be crying. It may be screaming. It may be just sitting in stillness. It may just be having gratitude for what you just experienced that is showing you what you don't want to experience anymore. And all of these things will slowly begin to open yourself up more and and release the hold that these emotions and these triggers have over you. And then your subconscious will just start to naturally be trained and conditioned to respond that way, right? So if you find that you're a very reactive person, it's like, how do I become less reactive? It's recognizing, okay, well, I have an emotion. How do I want to feel instead? And how am I going to let myself process, let's say, anger or frustration in what feels authentic to me? So some people meditate, some people go smash things. Like it's really for you to recognize, okay, what does healing look like to me? Because it's not a linear thing at all. You're really bringing awareness back to the idea that we have a mental, a physical, and emotional environment. I remember when I first started practicing gratitude, that was before I really, like, I, I, And it's interesting, you know, like that was almost five years ago where I had an active gratitude practice. If I ask myself now, I'm like, no, I'm just grateful. Do I have to sit down and do the same practices that help me get into gratitude? Maybe sometimes, but for the most part, I'm just grateful. And that happened from an active practice of choosing to remind my subconscious that I have a lot of blessings in my life, to remind myself to look for the beauty in other things. And and I'm seeing like that journey of healing. It's, it's, It's a journey. That's why it's a journey. Like you're not going to actually get rid of something on day one. Yeah. And that's the mindset shift. So even myself, I'm I'm catching myself. The questions I'm asking you are like, how do we just get rid of something? How do we just go (laughs) in there and just feel our way through things? And you're delicately and gently reminding me that like, dude, this is actually a journey. And what you open up on day one has to be supplemented with then an active conditioning until one day you wake up. It's not like you got to a destination. You just one day you wake up and you're feeling happier. Absolutely. And I and I definitely would attribute that journey to a rise in your own consciousness, right? So as you are on this healing journey from whatever it is that you've experienced, right? It might feel like you need to take more steps in the beginning and that you have these physical practices that feel a little bit tedious or like why am I doing it? But you have to recognize that this is all part of the journey of conditioning yourself and your subconscious to expect these things to the point where when triggers happen or things happen, you're not seeing it as something negative. You're like, oh, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. And then there's no stress about it being any other way. Cause that's like the monkey mind trying to be like, well, it should be like this. It, you know, I'm supposed to be here in life. And if you can get to a place where you are what I experience as presence with where you are in every moment, then it's like, is there, is there healing? Cause then there's no disconnect between you and where you want to go. It's just, I am. Well, I appreciate, you know, even the idea of healing implies that you are not healed. Mm-hmm. And I love that reframe because when we're just present to what is, we're actually perfect as we are. We just get to choose if what we are experiencing is in alignment with how we want to feel in this moment. And if it's not great, but that doesn't make you any less. It's just, this is an aspect of you that gets to be integrated into your conscious awareness. And I think I I just really appreciate the, again, the holistic reminder that we are ever evolving creatures with a wide range of experiences that have shaped who we are. 
whether it was from our life or ancestral. And I would love to maybe ask even that, like, how do you differentiate between something? And does it matter even? Because if everything's happening in the present moment, right? does it matter knowing the source? Does it matter knowing if it came from ancestral things or if it came from something traumatic you experienced in your lifetime? Like, is there a utility to understanding like the source versus just allowing yourself to alchemize and heal and feel what's present? Yeah, I, I will go back to what I said about the levels of consciousness, because I really do believe that the more dense we are, right, the more programs we have, the more limitation we experience within our own perception, that's when we do need support. We need that logical, quote unquote, logical information like, oh, this happened because of when I was six, I experienced this or this happened because I come from a line of refugees and there was all this hardship. And now that's why I feel like I have to work hard and take no breaks. You know, some people do need that. And I find that this is just as important as coming to that awareness of being present and letting it all dissolve in that because if you're going to go to a person who hasn't done a lot of healing work and you're just like, dude, be present, it'll go away. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean it goes away? It doesn't go away. So it's really understanding that there are different practices. There are different modalities for different levels of consciousness to help you get to that eventual place of presence where you recognize, okay, I'm going through something. I'm not going to make a story out of it. I'm not going to try to figure out if it was when I was five or if it happened three generations ago. I'm just going to be with what it is and decide for myself how I want it to be instead. And I definitely think that is a healing journey because if someone told me when I was chronically sick that all I had to do was be present, I'd be like, you're joking, right? Like you don't understand what I'm talking about. You don't understand my experience. I need to understand why. And in that experience, you then go through this journey to the point of going through the modalities, going through the different approaches till you can recognize that it's all you and it doesn't matter if it was before you, it just is and how you want to approach it from there. How does one know what the right tool for them is at the right time? Because like, I think that's something I've struggled personally with. Well, I mean, it's been a journey for me of trying a bunch of stuff and then realizing what was present for me. and. How do you, I guess, for those different levels of consciousness, like, I mean, when somebody embarks on this journey, like, how do they know or how how can they choose the tools, the practices and trust, right? Because I'm I'm wondering, is there a balance between following a blueprint and then individualizing a path? Like, you know, is there a place for both? Is there a place for a prescription that can come from not not a a, a physical prescription, but like, hey, go do this versus like. Hey, trust your path and just test things out. Like, do you have any perspectives on that? Yeah, well, I definitely think whenever you're embarking on any modality or any therapy or just any practice, it's recognizing, okay, I don't know what this experience is going to give me, but I'm going to try it out and see how it resonates with me, if it feels good or not. And I think your feeling of knowing if it's expanding you or contracting you is going to be the key for unlocking exactly what you need. And I think that in the spiritual community and in the self-help and self-development world, it's like, this is what's going to make you happier in 90 days. And this is what's going to get rid of everything. And I think what people need to recognize is these tools are here to help lift you up from where you are. They're not here to bring you down and get you more confused about where you are or where you're going. And so what might work for one person 
might not work for another. And I think that's obvious. And, you know, what might work for you five years ago might not work for you now. Right. And being gentle with yourself and also being aware of the conditioning and the programs that you unconsciously take it on because of what you think you need to do in order to heal. So I think that approach of being able to try things out, feel into the resonance of how it resonates in your body is a real, you know, driving factor of what would work for you and what wouldn't, or what you need rather, not even what would work for you, what you need in any given. Can you describe what resonance feels like? For me, resonance is like a knowing. It's a deep knowing that there's something here. There's an energy that needs to be explored. And it happens more in the heart space than in the mind. You know, the mind is going to try to make it all logical and make it make sense. You know, when I first experienced like subconscious work, it was like, oh, the subconscious is everything, right? It can help you heal anything and everything. And I'm sitting here with like chronic illnesses, like being told that I'd have to be on medication my whole life and looking at that being like, is it so? But the curiosity of being open to things will give you that resonance of whether or not something is right for you. And then that's when that trust builds. I don't think we necessarily experience trust overnight with any practice or any path, but it's having that curiosity of, could this work? Is there something there? And exploring that with with an open mind and having that resonance um, drop in. Really appreciate the connection with the heart. I think that I remember a few years ago, I was very disconnected from my heart and it wasn't until I had my first heart opening plant medicine experience that kind of blasted me out and it made me realize how much intuition and wisdom I was kind of leaving behind in a lot of ways. Like I wasn't really truly connecting with the aspects of me that were connected to a greater intelligence. And it's almost like that heart resonance is... It's like the the universe or whatever you believe in speaking through you and kind of guiding your way. That spark of curiosity that's just like, hey, you don't have to know all the answers. Just go in that direction and trust that things are going to flow. I think trust is a big aspect of self-trust, at least for me, has been the biggest journey. I I found, you know, taking my healing into my own hands is actually an expression of self-trust. Like I trust that I know what's best for my body over someone else. And that's been a scary journey too. And so for for those that may not have that trust, what message would you have for them? Well, recognizing that nothing is forever, nothing is permanent. You know, I had such a lack of trust with in my own self and my own body for so long. And I think when you are ready to let go of the resistance towards whatever you're experiencing in yourself, just by simply saying, you know what, I'm done fighting against myself. I'm done trying to have things make sense or, you know, put pressure on myself to have it all figured out. I think that's when you start to fall into more of the curiosity of, okay, if I didn't hold this identity towards myself, if I didn't believe that I wasn't able to trust myself what would I be doing? How would I be engaging with life? How would I be engaging with myself? And then start to take small action on how that feels, you know, if you were in a different space and, and trying things out, I I definitely think it's a journey. And I don't think anyone can ever say like, I a hundred percent trust myself. You know, there's always the external world that is giving us different data and, and information that we're always, you know, going against our own internal 
understandings, but I definitely think that you can cultivate it through curiosity and through an openness and willingness to change what you believe you are. Well, it's even like that idea. I keep coming back to this. Like we want certainty. We want the thing that's going to make it go away. It's going to fix it. And we're so conditioned and fed lies through the medical system that this thing will work. It's absolutely going to work. And so we're almost conditioned to think that, but what I'm appreciating is like this journey of, of individualized personal healing mm. is really not actually about being absolute. This is going to work or this isn't. It's just following a, this, this is more likely than not. It's almost like you're changing the reference point. It's like, I'm just a little bit more sure than not that this thing is going to have an impact on my life. And it's trusting that that's actually enough and being okay with the, and, and just being okay with whatever unfolds in that journey. And, 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 and then what comes up in that journey? Cause I, mm. I certainly feel like those who are following that, that sort of path for themselves are going to f be faced with the fears of uncertainty, like the uncertainty, uncertainty is the enemy of the mind in a lot of ways. Like, and so there's this opposite to safety, the known mm. that, that exists in that, in that big blue ocean and I think that also then brings up the fears and the things that you get to heal and reprogram and integrate into your conscious life. And, and it's a, it's, it's a hell of a journey. <laughs> it's fun though, if you want it to be though. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Like what makes this journey a joy for you? Personally or with the work that I do? Well, let's start personally and then let's extend that to the work that you do. Yeah. So I feel like it's a joy because there's so much unknown, as you said, but for me that I reframed it to there's unlimited, infinite possibility of what could happen. It's almost like glass half full, glass half empty. You know, it's like changing that perspective and understanding, well, because I don't know what's going to happen, that means that there are so many quantum timelines of what could happen. And I can create that for myself if I energize my thoughts and my energy body and put my focus and intention on certain things, I can create what we understand as miracles. And for me, that's the biggest joy because there's no limit to what's possible. And so it doesn't feel like I'm boxed in. And so I can really feel that soul expansion in every moment if I decide to bring myself back to that awareness of anything is possible. I'd love for you to spend some time even describing how do you bring that energy into the work that you do with people? Like, how do you support others on this journey of healing? Yeah, well, you know, I think when you're supporting or facilitating anyone in, in any, you know, path or self-discovery, you really have to hold the space of that possibility. So if you don't have that within yourself, you're not going to be the best facilitator for other people to create their own miracles in their lives. And I always say that I'm not doing anything what we're doing is we're creating an energy vortex with my belief and your belief in what's possible. And then your body and your mind is responding to those energetics. And that's why you're creating all these different experiences for yourself and all this, these new awakenings and, you know, dissolving physical pain or creating different physical experiences in your life. And so I really feel that, you know, it's important to be able to hold that space and hold that possibility whenever you are engaging with another. And I think that's why the work that I've done with others has been so powerful because I have that belief that they can do it too. 
Not that I'm doing it for them, but that they can do it too. And then they're able to rise to that belief of possibility. And that's when they create that for themselves. I love that. That's just so empowering. And it really speaks volumes about the type of, of space holder that you are, right? Because I, I see so many people in the personal development space who are just coming in and claiming to be the ones that are doing all the healing, but it's not like, and I, and I think the best facilitators, healers understand that and, and, and they embody that and they teach it. And I, I just really appreciate that about, I've really appreciated just you, I guess, as a whole, I'd love to take a moment just to appreciate you. I mean, this has been a really beautiful conversation because I, I think, you know, we've kind of even just unraveling the idea of a one size fits all unraveling the idea that healing is supposed to be an overnight fix or that there, there that even is a possibility or is, or is a thing like, I mean, healing can happen. It's kind of like the, you know, an overnight success takes 10 years kind of idea. Yeah. Like you're like and chipping you away at it, <laughs> chipping away at all of a sudden you're like, Zoop, and it just, yeah. you know, you like have this explosion, but it's because of all the deposits you've made. And I just really appreciated that reminder, um, especially as we're kind of starting out the new year and, you know, really creating from that space. Like it's, it's just a really empowering idea. And so thank you for embodying that and for, for teaching that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm so grateful that I'm able to, to share this perspective because I think now more than ever, you know, people are really looking for their own personal power and their yeah. to become their own guru, so to speak. Right. And it's like, you can receive help and guidance from other people, but at the end of the day, it's always on you. Yep. And so no matter how magical someone looks like, that's just going to be a reflection of who you can be in, in yourself. So that's something to remember. Love that. Well, your website's beyondthebelief.com. Yes. Right. And that should be where everybody goes to get any information about you. Reach out, say thank you, all the things, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Lovely. Well, we'll make that available in the show notes as well, everybody. But uh, Jen, I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Oh, I love that question. I really believe that it is a moment to moment process. You know, I could list out all the things that I do, all the, you know, modalities and practices, but really what's at the the core of all of that is getting myself to recognize that there is only this moment. And if I can bring myself to where I am fully mind, body, and spirit, then there is no past, there is no future. There's just me in this moment. And that's all that exists. And so recognizing that really grounds me into who I am and where I am at any moment. Mm, I love that. And I love the simplicity. It's, <laughs> it's, it comes back to that simplicity. I think we make things so hard, but it can be not easy, but simple. The practice, the easiest things yeah, take, yeah. take time. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But Jenna, again, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Raj. So grateful for your time. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your new friend, Jenna. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast 
Read in our thoughtful posts or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.